This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Prepare yourself to ingest current events, pop culture, and politics with a side of Latin flair. Vices. I don't have to show you any stinking vices. This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Greetings. Welcome back. Glad you've tuned in, everybody. It's Chris Salcedo Show here on the Blaze. Got a big show planned for you today. Senator Ted Cruz will be on with us, so make sure you stick around for that. we got the flip around coming up here in mere moments. Hope you had a fantastic 4th of July holiday surrounded by friends, family. I, I can tell you I did. Cherished a lot of the freedoms that have been renewed. Uh, a lot of the freedoms that we still enjoy over the world uh, this 4th of July took a, a, a lot of impact as... Those who seek to deny those freedoms to mankind, those like North Korea, are doing their best to inflict pain on others around the globe. We'll get into these uh, missile tests coming up on the Chris Salcedo Show. Telephone numbers 888-900-3393, The show is live, theblaze.com slash radio, Blaze Radio smartphone app or iHeartRadio app. SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher. That's how you get on-demand listening for all the programming really here on on The Blaze, but the Chris Salcedo Show as well. Social media on Twitter, the, I'm sorry, at Chris Salcedo TX, at C-H-R-I-S-S-A-L-C-E-D-O-T-X on Facebook, the Chris Salcedo Show. Got to have the the in front of it, folks, for an easy search. We've also included a handy-dandy email link right there at the top of the Facebook page. If you would like to um, utilize that the old-fashioned way. And as a matter of fact, before we even get into the to the flip around, that's where we'll start is the Chris Salcedo Show Facebook page because right there at the tippy top, we have pinned. Uh, there's, a, there's a GIF. You guys know what a GIF is? It's like a mini movie that you can attach. Uh, basically, it's a, uh, for those of you who don't know what it is, it's ju- it just basically a loop. It's a movie that's a continuous loop, a very short movie, a continuous loop. And um, the GIF that has everybody really upset, not everybody, I'm sorry, uh, biased people and butthurt people (laughs) has them really upset and making wild claims that Donald Trump is, is advocating violence on a certain segment of people is this this gif that's out there that shows it's it's an old video of Vince McMahon being body slammed. Of course, this is all play acting because, you know, re- pro wrestling is that of uh, being body slammed by uh, a then just a regular old Joe Schmo citizen, Donald Trump. Now, somebody took that video and superimposed CNN over the face of Vince McMahon and Donald Trump body slammed him. And this was absolutely hilarious. It was a great meme. And there are individuals, in particular over at CNN, who are butthurt over this, and they have complained. And we'll get into that complaint in short order after the flip around. But I just wanted to direct your attention to another... Well, the floodgates are open now. Everybody is Everybody is creating these memes because... It's it's CNN is a joke. CNN is the biggest joke in in U.S. media. And 
the fact that they tried to make believe this was somehow a threat of violence so they could play the victims, patently absurd. So now, and we've posted probably one of the most hilarious ones besides the initial tw- uh, gif, tweeted gif. Uh, this one is CNN being depicted by Charlie Brown and trying to kick that football. And who's holding the football? <laughs> Donald Trump. And the football, the football has been replaced by the, the Twitter symbol. <laughs> it is absolute brilliance. It is for you to find, to laugh at, and share on the Chris Salcedo Show Facebook page. It is there for all of you. Let's uh, get to the flip around. We go to CNN, the aggrieved, victimized <laughs> CNN. Yesterday's act came from the same vicious dictator who sent a young college student back home to his parents, unresponsive and in a coma. For Americans, the true nature of the North Korean regime was painfully brought home with the images of two guards holding Otto Warmbier up as they transported him from a prison he should never have been in. Otto Warmbier is but one person out of millions who have been killed, tortured, or deprived of their human rights. Folks, this is kind of breaking news, and as a matter of fact, all the, all the cables, uh, cable channels and even uh, C-SPAN are transfixed on Ambassador Nikki Haley at the United Nations right now, and she is, they've called a, an emergency session of the U.N. Security Council to address uh, North Korea's provocation, firing an intercontinental ballistic missile that is capable of hitting the United States. Everybody's focused on this. It's breaking news, so we shall look on it as well. Student, the way it treated Otto Warmbier, we should not be surprised if it acts barbarically on a larger scale. The United States does not seek conflict. In fact, we seek to avoid it. We seek only the peaceful denuclearization of the Korean Peninsula and an end to the threatening actions by North Korea. Regrettably, we're witnessing just the opposite. Make no mistake, North Korea's launch of an ICBM is a clear and sharp military escalation. The North Korean regime openly states that its missiles are intended to deliver nuclear weapons to strike cities in the United States, South Korea, and Japan. And now it has greater capacity to do so. In truth, It is not only the United States and our allies that are threatened. North Korea's destabilizing escalation is a threat to all nations in the region and beyond. Their actions are quickly closing off the possibility of a diplomatic solution. The United States is prepared to use the full range of our capabilities to defend ourselves and our allies. One of our capabilities lies with our considerable military forces. We will use them if we must, but we prefer not to have to go in that direction. We have You're listening to Nikki Haley live at the United Nations, an emergency meeting of the Security Council right now to address North Korea's we have great launch of an intercontinental ballistic missile capable of striking the United States. About this. I spoke with him at length about it this morning. There are countries that are allowing, even encouraging, trade with North Korea in violation of UN Security Council resolutions. Such countries would also like to continue their trade such countries would also like to continue their trade arrangements with the United States. That's not going to happen. Our attitude on trade 
changes when countries do not take international security threats seriously. That's uh, kind of significant, folks. Uh, she's talking about speaking with the president of the United States, Donald Trump, earlier, saying if you want to trade with the communists over in North Korea, the repressive regime over there, you're not going to trade with us. Forget about it. We're not buying your products. That's a significant escalation to try to further escal- or isolate the North Korean regime. Detail the resolution here today, but the options are all known to us. If we are unified, the international community can cut off the major sources of hard currency to the North Korean regime. We can restrict the flow of oil to their military and their weapons program. We can increase air and maritime restrictions. We can hold senior regime officials accountable. The international community has spoken frequently against the illegal and dangerous actions of the North Korean regime. For many years, there have been numerous UN sanctions against North Korea, but they have been insufficient to get them to change their destructive course. So in order to have an impact, in order to move North Korea off its military escalation, we must do more. We will not look exclusively at North Korea. We will look at any country that chooses to do business with this outlaw regime. We will not have patience for stalling or talking our way down to a watered-down resolution. Yesterday's ICBM escalation requires an escalated diplomatic and economic response. You guys get the sense, you guys, hearing the language, now Nikki Haley's fantastic at this, but you got the sense when Samantha Powers was up there and that Team Obama was up there making all these speeches that they were just that, they were just speeches. There was nothing behind them. You get the sense when you hear Nikki Haley delivering the messages from the president of the United States that that they mean business. That if you're going to do business with North Korea, you're not doing it with the United States and we're going to do everything we can to make your life a living hell. The inadequate approaches of the past that have brought us to this dark day. We cannot forget the multiple missile tests this year or yesterday's escalation. We cannot forget Otto Warmbier and others North Korea continues to hold. We cannot forget the threats to our friends and allies around the world. We will not forget, and we will not delay. Thank you. All right, so that's Nikki Haley wrapping up her statement at the United Nations. And, well, okay. You know, I, I got I to tell you, I've got a sense. There, there are... There are a couple of things going on here. And everybody's saying, oh, China's the key. China's the key. And I'm thinking to myself, well, may- maybe they're not. Maybe all of this, all of this public relations coming, and they're communists. I mean, China has done its best to project that they're in control, that they control this region, that North Korea can't make a move without them. But they assure us on one hand they're doing everything they possibly can, but North Korea continues to develop nukes and continues to develop intercontinental ballistic missile technology. One has to think, well, you know what? Maybe China, you gave it, you gave it the best uh, college try, but you just don't have, you don't have the goods. You're not up to, major, you're not up to, to uh, superpower status yet. You can't get the job done. So the, the United States is going to have to pay big, play big brother. We're going to have to come in and we're going to have to take care of things for you because you can't take care of your, your region. 
And we may have to set up some bases over there in the Pacific Rim. Expand our presence in Japan. Expand our presence in South Korea. Expand our presence to make sure that since you aren't willing to be grown-ups, since you aren't willing to rein in this the crazy fat kid, that it is it is time for the United States to do it for you. This is how superpowers behave. They have responsibilities to rein in rogue regimes. And I think that maybe if if the president delivered that kind of message, you know, you, you gave it you gave it your best, China, but we as the world can see, your best isn't good enough. And uh, we appreciate your attempt, but as you can see, whatever it is you're doing, uh, North Korea is still firing off uh, missiles, even though there's a danger, folks, to South Korea, our allies. Imagine what a military escalation in North Korea would do to China. If, If bombs started falling in North Korea, the massive flow of people across that Chinese border would be devastating to China. And I, for one, wouldn't be shedding a tear over it. Back in a minute, the Chris Salcedo Show, right here on The Blaze. Keep up with the Chris Salcedo Show on Facebook and on Twitter at Chris Salcedo TX. Just another way to stay in touch with Chris on The Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back, everybody. I hope you had a great fourth. Uh, Coming up, Senator Ted Cruz will visit with us here on the Chris Salcedo Show. In the meantime, over the last four days, and there's been a lot of news that came out over the last four days, but it has been dominated by the folks who were butthurt over at CNN, over an internet meme. And by the way, we have been retweeting some of the fantastic gifts that have come gif folk not gift gifts but gifts uh that have been coming out in the wake of this retweeting of a gif by the president of the united states remember he didn't commission this he didn't create it he just retweeted it and we there have been several others after cnn through its conniption there have been several several others that have been uh, created in the wake of this thing. Now, let me be plain. This is, of course, humorous. This is, of course, political satire. This is, of course, uh, uh, something that, that is to be laughed at Uh, and of course every element of humor or every bit of humor has an element of truth to it i'm not going to sit there and tell you that this doesn't have any truth to it donald trump is winning donald trump is winning in this fight against the press because did you guys see the poll out there who put this out hold on a minute 
This was an NPR PBS NewsHour Marist poll that 30% of Americans say they trust a great deal or a good amount of trust in the news media. 37% said that of Donald Trump. (laughs) Donald Trump is more popular than the news media. Is it any wonder? So I'm, we have re retweeted some of these, these fantastic gifts. There is one. <laughs> now remember the original, the original from Donald Trump was the logo of CNN. Uh, superimposed over the, the body of Vince McMahon and this, this fake little tussle that he and Donald Trump got into uh, back in the day at WWE, the wrestling venue, wrestling one of these wrestling matches. So that's what got CNN's panties in a twist. Now, the first one we retweeted, by the way, if you want to check these out, they're at Chris Salcedo TX at C-H-R-I-S-S-A-L-C-E-D-O. TX, as in Texas. Trump gives the CNN brand the chair, is what we wrote. (laughs) And there's uh, somebody superimposed a a face of Trump whacking a whole bunch of guy, a whole bunch of CNN brands right across the the face. Bonk with a chair. (laughs) Nailing them with a chair. The CNN brand. Now, is there any question that because of their betrayal of the First Amendment, the CNN brand has been corrupted, perhaps irreparably changed, irreparably damaged? Not by anything that Trump has done, certainly, but by their own actions. The other one is, now this one, somebody missed a golden opportunity with this one. Uh, The crybaby Jim Acosta, the look at me man, Jim Acosta, his face could have been put on this one. This is the the scene from The Matrix. You guys remember when Keanu Reeves, uh, after he becomes Super Keanu, and um, the the computer agents can't touch him, he becomes you know it was right there toward the end of the movie. And no matter what they did, you know Keanu, we uh, they're trying to punch him, and Keanu Reeves' arms going super fast and blocking everything. This is that scene, but. Keanu Reeves has Donald Trump's face superimposed on it. And the agents, uh, one, the agent that is doing the hitting has the CNN logo. And it should have been Jim Acosta's face because they just keep on trying to hit him. They just keep on trying to hit him and they can't. Lastly, lastly, there is a, this is a, a football game. Uh, looks like the Pittsburgh Steelers uh player is running back either a punt or a kick and the punter tries to stop the person that's returning the uh the kick and of course the guy returning the kick is Donald Trump he literally runs over the kicker who is depicted with the CNN brand <laughs> on the football field the floodgates are open folks the the, the deserved mockery of CNN is underway And I don't know that they're going to recover. More to come. The Salcedo Show here on The Blaze. The Chris Salcedo Show will be right back. The Blaze Radio Network.
The Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Uh, looking, looking on Twitchy right now. Uh, Twitchy is saying that perhaps CNN and uh, who is this guy? What's his name? Uh, Kalitsky. Uh, I, I forget. I'm not trying to mispronounce his name on purpose, ladies and gentlemen. I just don't know how to how to pronounce it. Uh, uh, the guy that see Andrew uh, Kaczynski. It's Kaczynski. I believe it's Kaczynski. Andrew Kaczynski, CNN reporter. CNN used their vast resources to track down the guy who created this this meme <laughs> of Donald Trump wrestling with the CNN brand and kicking the tar out of the CNN brand. So CNN says, we can't let this stand. And uh, <laughs> they put Andrew Kaczynski on it. And they say they found the guy and the guy apologized after CNN threatened to out him. Now, you know how dangerous it is out there. Uh, if you're branded a conservative or aiding the conservative cause or Donald Trump, you know, you might end up getting shot at on a on a baseball field somewhere by some left wing extremist Bernie Sanders supporter. But. This guy probably fearing that CNN wanted to ruin his life the same way that Obama and, and Hillary ruined the life of that obscure uh, uh, filmmaker that they said was responsible for the Benghazi attack, which was complete and utter bubkis. CNN taking a page out of the Obama-Hillary playbook and going after a complete, just basically some guy on Reddit. Just, just exercising his First Amendment right of free expression. And they wanted to go after him. They found him. He apologized. So they said, oh, well, we'll just keep his identity a secret. It's very Gestapo-esque, isn't it? Very secret police feel to it. Of course, it's CNN. You have to understand the political persuasion of the vast majority of the folks over there. I, I got up. I, I know people over there. And I can't imagine they're at all comfortable with something like this. Let me get this straight. We're going to track down a private citizen and find out who created an internet, an internet meme that was hilarious so we can shame him. That's how we're going to use the vast resources of CNN. <laughs> a rather brilliant Salcedo show listener, his name was Nathan, made the following observation. CNN identifies the man who made the wrestling meme in less than a week. Meanwhile, they still have no idea how Donna Brazil got those debate questions. <laughs> Yeah, hey, hey, CNN, why don't you put Andrew Kaczynski on the on the case so he can report who gave the questions to Donna Brazil so that you all could help rig the Democrat primary. <laughs> why don't you do that? <laughs> we have some of the most intelligent, sharp-witted individuals in this audience. Uh, I am incredibly proud 
of that one. By the way, you guys, you guys want to uh, see that and uh, and replicate that or or share it. It's on the Chris Salcedo Show Facebook page. Uh, make sure that you guys go and uh, and check that out because I I can think of you know what, and, and the more that CNN is confronted with this, that. It isn't Donald Trump's fault that they're losing audience. It isn't Donald Trump's fault that they're losing credibility. It's their fault. Now, understand, the progressive mind cannot accept that they are responsible for their own actions. Just understand that. You can all, if they weren't trying to harm you and harm your family, um, leftists, could, you could almost feel sorry for them. Almost feel sorry for them. Like uh, this loudmouth leftist Latina, Ana Navarro. Ana Navarro was on ABC this weekend, and she saw this meme that the president retweeted. And the woman, the woman lost her mind. I'm a CNN commentator. I think that is unacceptable. I think that is the president of the United States taking things way too far. It is an incitement to violence. He is going to get somebody killed. In- it's an incitement to violence. Let's examine that for a minute. Did um, did the meme feature Donald Trump beating up on a person at CNN? On a reporter at CNN? Was it Jim Acosta? Was it Cuomo? Was it Allison Camerata? No. It was the CNN logo. It was a brand. The CNN brand was getting beaten up by Donald Trump. Now, these libs, these progressives like Ana Navarro and others, what have they always told us about corporations? Corporations are not people. How, um, how much sense does it make that Donald Trump beating on the CNN brand is actually a call to violence? Ellie, l- let me ask you a question. All right. Give me a brand that you buy, whether whether it's cereal, whether it's makeup. What 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 brand do you buy? Give me any brand. Brand name, anything could be shoes, could be whatever. Tom's shoes. Tom, you buy Tom's shoes, really? Okay. So, if Donald Trump, if if, if it's featured Tom's shoes was up there, and Donald Trump was beating on Tom's shoes, could you sit there and say, "Oh, he was inciting violence"? No, no. It'd, it'd be like Xerox, putting up Xerox or uh, Kleenex or just pick a brand. And remember, liberals are always telling us, you know, they're, companies aren't people. They're not people. Of course, they, they do this when they try to silence corporations' First Amendment privileges. But <laughs> at any rate, the very idea that Donald Trump beating up on a logo was an incitement to violence, not only on CNN, but some of these left-wing kooks took it to a degree thing. He, he's calling for violence on reporters everywhere, as if CNN encompasses reporters everywhere, which is, well, not only insulting, but patently absurd. I mean, believe it or not, there are some reporters out there who actually do real journalism. So to be associated with that cancerous brand of CNN, it's it's an insult.
It's an insult. But at any rate, so this idea that Donald Trump being pictured beating up on the CNN logo is somehow an incitement to violence is crazy on its face. Well, Ana Navarro, she's nuts. She's a, she's a full tilt bozo nutball. I'm a CNN commentator. I think that is unacceptable. I think that is the president of the United States taking things way too far. It is an incitement to violence. He is going to get somebody killed in the media. <laughs> Maybe that will stop him. I am disappointed beyond belief by uh-huh. the answer that the Homeland Security Advisor just gave. What a wuss. What a wuss. Whoa, wuss. That's, that's some strong language. Are you advocating violence? Ana Navarro? Are you, are you advocating violence against the... Against the national security advisor. I look, we we tweeted out something uh, that Ana Navarro had put out in the year 2014. Said to my friends in New York, she said, "I still have some connections with old Contra leaders, if needed." Contra leaders. It's kind of violence. Isn't it? Isn't it? And we we tweeted we retweeted that out. Ana Navarro calling for violence. Uh, was she calling for violence on Donald Trump? Is that what she meant by New York? Who knows? But uh, apparently, Ana Navarro is no no stranger to calling for violence on Twitter. You could see that he is ceding his principles. You are the Homeland Security Advisor, and you can't stand here and say the difference between right and wrong. That's what's part of the problem. He is surrounded by enablers that do nothing but shake their heads and nod their heads in agreement with everything that he says. Are we still talking about Trump here? Because she just described the last administration. That she just she just articulated what what happened the entire last administration. A whole bunch of people going, "Okay, Obama, whatever you want, Obama. Okay, Obama. Oh well, let me be clear. Uh, we hate America. Okay, okay. Let me be clear. Uh, we're gonna give a whole bunch of money to uh, radicalized Islamic fundamentalist terrorists in Iran. Oh, okay, Obama. Okay, Obama. You betcha. Democrats. Uh, when Obama sponsored the. Interference in the uh, the Israeli elections. Democrats. Okay, Obama. Okay, Obama. We'll do that. Okay. <laughs> That's Obama surrounded himself with sycophants just like this. Where was Ana Navarro? Where was she? This is just going way too far. The president of the United States is inciting violence against the free <laughs> press. Oh, 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 the entire free press. Really? CNN now represents the entire free press? Boy, have you got it wrong. Because if CNN represents the entire free press, we are doomed as a country. In America, we cannot stand for it. Nobody at CNN is scared. If anything, this is making each and every one of us more resolute not to cower at at the bullying of this president. (laughs) Ana Navarro is pledging everybody that CNN will continue to be biased and unfair to Donald Trump. She vows it, ladies and gentlemen. I'll be right back. <laughs> this is the Chris Salcedo Show. The Blaze Radio Network.
This is the Chris Salcedo Show, only on the Blaze Radio Network. So what what is going on here? Why why is CNN and, and that's all they've been doing is making a huge deal out of this on a Novato and, and this was all the talk of the the fruitless Sunday shows. Donald Trump's retweet of this meme, which was hilarious. What is beyond what's behind all this? And here's what I think is behind all this. These people's need to be victims. It's it's like Elizabeth Warren, Focahontas. She made up, completely fabricated out of thin air, the fact that she had Native American blood in her. Why? Because of the liberal need to be a victim, to be a minority. It's what they predicate their whole existence on. That they are so abused, they're so downtrodden, and they use their minority status as a bludgeon. So here's Ana Navarro claiming, oh, oh, he's, he's why he violence on us when, when it's a brand that is getting beaten upon. And I think, I, think Donald Trump, I think there is a good case that Donald Trump is beating up on the CNN brand and it richly deserves it. I can think of no other brand in this country that deserves to be beaten upon more than CNN. At, at, at MSNBS and the NBC properties, folks, you kind of know what you've been getting. But for the longest time, CNN passed itself off. Well, we're, we're going to be just straight down the middle. We're not going to be Fox. We're not going to be MSNBS. And then they went full tilt bozo left wing bias. Anti-Trump, anti-Republican, anti-conservative bias. Because of Zucker. A complete betrayal. We're, we're so beaten upon by Donald Trump. Oh, he's calling for violence on us. They're, they're playing the victims. And people who are real victims are now laughing at them, mostly Trump supporters. And Ana Navarro is an, looks like a complete moron because nobody, I mean, nobody with two brain cells thinks this is, was at all a call to violence. And now that, and you, know, you know what the number one trending hashtag is on Twitter today? Hashtag CNN blackmail. CNN blackmail. You know why? Because CNN used all their vast resources to track down this guy to expose him. And, and a not too subtle message to the rest of America. Hey, you step out of line from CNN and we're coming after you. Bring it on, CNN. Bring it on. There's way too many unstable people out in the streets right now at this time of impassioned and heightened passions. Ana Navarro, these are your people out there on the streets, sweetheart. Left-wing extremists, they're the ones burning down college campuses because they can't hear conservative thought. They can't stand to hear conservative thought. They're the ones who are burning down our cities like Baltimore and Ferguson over, over nothing. Because they, they have this need to feel aggrieved and they feel like they're entitled to go ahead and riot because their left-wing agenda isn't being advanced to their satisfaction. These are your people, Ana Nevada. These are your people who are out there who are being extremists that show up to baseball fields and shoot Republicans. We all know it. We've all seen it. We have seen the results of harassment. We've seen the results of shootings. We've seen the results of violence out in the street. And for the president of the United States, who is supposed to be unifying this country, <laughs> on a July 4th, 
weakened oh. to be tweeting out incitement to violence. Oh. It is incitement to violence. Let us not parse words. Let us not call it by any other name. It is disgusting by this president. Yet one more disgusting act. One more disgusting act. And what exactly are you doing, Ana Navarro, to unite the country? Huh? All I hear is a lot of bitching and moaning out of you, sweetie. And absurd claims that the President of the United States is inciting violence. It's untrue. We have more substantive things to talk about than Ana Navarro. Ted Cruz, up next. The Chris Salcedo Show. Part of Generation Blaze. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Prepare yourself to ingest current events, pop culture, and politics with a side of Latin flair. Vices. I don't have to show you any stinking vices. This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. All right, let's get to our first guest today. Senator Ted Cruz here in the great state of Texas. Glad you have made it here to the Chris Salcedo Show, sir. Chris, good to be with you. Happy Fourth of July. And to you as well, sir. Uh, look, we got to get right down to business because we have some rather pressing issues. North Korea over the 4th of July holiday, firing yes. off an ICBM that could hit the United States. Uh, the United States has confirmed this. A, a lot of pressure points need to be applied. China, it is said, is key. But uh, how much can we rely on the Chinese to do what's right? Well, th- th- this, this is profoundly dangerous. Uh, North Korea right now, I think, is the most dangerous place on Earth because you've got a, a radical and unstable dictator, Kim Jong-un, who, who tragically possesses nuclear weapons, has developed nuclear weapons, and as you noted, is actively testing and developing ICBMs. Now, the only purpose of an ICBM uh, is to carry a nuclear weapon to the United States. They, they already have the capacity... Uh, to attack their neighbors, to attack Japan, to attack South Korea or Taiwan, all close allies of ours. But but an ICBM would give them the capacity to take a nuclear weapon and, and attack the continental United States. Uh, and indeed, Kim Jong-un, just a couple of years ago, when he was specifying cities that he wanted to attack, listed three, including Austin, Texas, as, as one of the three cities he, he wanted to target with a nuclear attack. And... and uh, whether he would do it or not, I don't know. The man is unstable and radical and predictable, but it is profoundly dangerous. Uh, and Chris, I'll tell you, it is the fact that North Korea has nuclear weapons it, it is a result of failed U.S. policy. Uh, you, you actually have to go back to the Clinton administration when Bill Clinton was president. Uh, the entire world had sanctions against North Korea to prevent them from getting nuclear weapons. And the Clinton administration led the world in relaxing those sanctions. They did so in, in exchange for a promise not to develop nuclear weapons. As a result, billions of dollars flowed into North Korea, and Kim Jong-il, who was Kim Jong-un's father, took those billions of dollars, turned around, and developed nuclear weapons. Uh, now, the reason that that matters so much is not only was it an absolute failure in North Korea, but the very same person, Wendy Sherman, who negotiated the failed North Korea deal, was recruited to come back by the Obama administration to be their lead <laughs> negotiator with Iran. And she negotiated the same deal, billions of dollars in exchange for a promise 
not to develop nuclear weapons. And I think if we don't change course quickly, we are risking Iran joining North Korea as a nuclear power that explicitly wants to use those weapons to murder Americans. I think that's completely unacceptable. Uh, do you think the United, really quickly, do you think the United States has the capacity to do this by themselves and, and basically tell the Chinese, if you're not willing to be the big boys or actually be a world power, then America will take care of it? Because, you know, Senator, they don't want us over there any more than we want to be over there. Well, I, I think it's going to take a variety of tools, and none of these are easy. Once you have a psychotic dictator with, with nuclear weapons, your, your, your options are limited. Uh, one piece that I strongly agree with that President Trump uh, is moving forward with is, is installing fad anti-ballistic missile interceptors in South Korea. That's something that I urged President Obama for years to do. I'm very glad that the Trump administration is moving forward with that. Uh, but beyond that, as you noted, listen, China has disproportionate influence over North Korea. They're, they're enormously powerful over Kim Jong-un. In the past, they have not been terribly helpful. There are some promising signs that China is helping somewhat to rein them in, although obviously not enough to stop the ICBM test that we just saw. Uh, your skepticism towards China, I think, is justified. They have not proven to be reliable friends in any way, shape, or form. But uh, I do think the Trump administration is right to be pressuring China and trying to get China to exert its influence. Uh, you know, I think the approach we should take with China is, to borrow a phrase from Ronald Reagan in the Cold War, trust but verify, that, that, that we should press them to, to help rein in North Korea, but we shouldn't be naive uh, and, and expect that they are our friends in doing so. Uh, Senator Ted Cruz, our guest right now here on the Chris Salcedo Show. Uh, Senator, you know uh, that we have been uh, uh, very concerned about not necessarily repealing Obamacare. We'd like to see that get done. But we're concerned with this whole idea of replace. And the, the show is sidle, solidly sure. on, this, on this footing that we need to have a sunset provision in any replacement. with Because the conservative, as you well know, doesn't think that we need another massive entitlement here, but not all of your Republican brethren believe this. They, they want to replace Obamacare's massive entitlement with another Republican massive entitlement. Do we have any shot at conservatism winning the day on this one? Well, listen, it is a huge challenge, and, and this is the battle that I'm, I'm fighting each and every day. Uh, one of the basic problems is we have a very, very narrow majority in the Senate. We have just 52 Republicans. Uh, every Democrat is a hard no, so we start out with 48 hard no's. And there are a significant number of moderate Republicans who want to see a very substantial federal involvement in health care uh, and are dug in and adamant. And, and to be able to do anything, we've got to get to 50 votes. And so what I have been spending every moment of my day, night and day, trying to do is, is bring Republicans together and saying, listen, number one, we have to honor our commitment to repeal Obamacare. And number two, the most critical, critical test is what happens to premiums. Are we lowering premiums? And the reason for that the biggest reason so many millions of people are unhappy with Obamacare is that it has caused premiums to skyrocket. The average family's premiums have increased over $5,000 a year under Obamacare. And, and, and I hear every day from Texans who say, I can't afford health insurance for my family anymore. That's a problem the federal government caused, Obamacare caused. We need to fix it. 
And, and I think the key to getting this done, the key to getting conservatives to support this bill, and we're not there yet, but I think we're making progress, is we've got to lower premiums. And the way you lower premiums is you give consumers freedom to choose the health insurance plans that they want without the government mandate. You free up and you create more choices, more competition, which results in lower premiums and making health insurance more affordable. Uh, Senator Ted Cruz, our guest right now, coming to North Texas this evening, I believe, to talk about veterans' issues. And you say, sir, it's about time. Well, that, that, that is exactly right. Uh, so, I, so I'm in North Texas right now. I was in McAllen yesterday down in the Valley for the 4th of July. Uh, I'm in North Texas today. We'll be in San Antonio tomorrow. And, and we're doing a, a series of, of town halls with veterans, with concerned veterans of America, to talk about issues concerning the VA, to talk about our defense and rebuilding the military, uh, and to talk about protecting their constitutional rights and the fundamental issues that, that are affecting veterans everywhere. Uh, you know, our veterans, you look at the treatment of vets uh, over the past several years, and it, and it really has been shameful in the VA. And, and, and I've been helping lead the effort to, to provide more accountability in the VA, give the VA secretary, secretary the authority to reprimand or dismiss senior employees that were responsible for malfeasance, were responsible for cooking the books and wrongfully denying veterans care. And, and, and I think the, the best and biggest solution to the challenges of the VA is to give veterans choice. Uh, every veteran should have the power to choose his or her doctor. And, and if the vet wants to go to the VA, that's your right. You've earned it. You bled for it. Uh, but if a vet instead wants to go to a private hospital, wants to go to the local cardiologist down the street, that veteran should be able to do so. I think that's the most fundamental reform, and it's something that I'm fighting very hard to do. Last big issue that could be transformative for the state in which we broadcast today. Texas, of course, as you know, in West Texas, most likely the largest proven uh, natural gas and oil reserve. They just discovered this this last year. What steps are you taking in, in the Senate to make sure that uh, the United States is on a path to energy independence and that Texas is an indispensable cog in that wheel? Well, uh, when it comes to oil and gas, there, there, there's been no stronger champion of oil and gas and, and energy that, than I've been in the Senate. And, and you know, I, I grew up in the oil and gas business. My parents, when I was a kid, owned a small uh, oil and gas company that did seismic data processing. And, and, and I think energy, I think oil and gas are, are critical to turning our economy around and, and bringing around jobs. And, and so I've been, been leading the effort in the Senate. I introduced the American Energy Renaissance Act, which is the most aggressive, comprehensive, serious energy legislation uh, of any senator to, to lift the barriers to expanding our energy exploration, to lift uh, the impediments standing in the way, and, and to allow us to develop resources. Uh, invest resources to developing uh, the, the, the enormous reserves that we have. Uh, I'll note also I'm pressing very hard the administration uh, in the process of NAFTA uh, renegotiation to focus on energy, on the massive energy reserves in Mexico, which right now American companies have serious barriers to accessing. Let's use NAFTA renegotiation as an opportunity to lift those barriers. What that would do is create thousands of high-paying jobs in Mexico for people there, but critically, thousands of high-paying jobs here in Texas because Texans have 
the expertise to develop those resources. And when it comes to LNG, liquid natural gas, I have been leading the effort to expand the ability uh, to export LNG, to send it to our allies who want our resources. We've got tremendous natural gas. Our allies want to buy it, and it's been government barriers standing in the way. I'm leading the effort to lift those barriers so that we can sell our products to willing customers. We do that. That that ends up being millions of high-paying jobs that, that benefits everyone in America. Texas Senator Ted Cruz, everybody. Sir, appreciate the time, as always, here on the Chris Alcedo Show, and we'll get you back on soon. Chris, thank you, my friend. And, and as always, I encourage folks, go to our website. It's tedcruz.org, tedcruz.org. Thank you, and God bless you. That's tedcruz.org, everybody here. Thanks, uh, Senator. Appreciate that for being on the Chris Alcedo Show. 888-900-3393, 888-900-3393. Back in two shakes, folks, on The Blaze. He is a liberty-loving Latino conservative. Need we say more? The Chris Salcedo Show. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to the Latino conservative Chris Salcedo on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, According to the Daily Caller, co-host of CNN's New Day, Chris Cuomo, deleted a tweet today in which he proposed revealing the identity of the Reddit user who posted the CNN wrestling video of President Donald Trump. Should CNN reveal the name of Reddit user? who made Trump wrestling video, the tweet read, had a lot of bigoted and hateful material on page and website. Cuomo deleted the tweet, but a Twitter user tweeted a screenshot of it and accused Cuomo of trying to intimidate a teenager in order to suppress negative coverage of his network. Why did Chris Cuomo delete this tweet? Possibly because he found out it was a 15-year-old kid who was trying to extort hashtag CNN blackmail. Now look, There are uh, contradictory reports out there, folks, that the Reddit author of this of this uh, this gif, this meme is a kid. Some are saying he's a kid. Others are saying he's not. At this point, it really doesn't matter. I mean, it would maybe add a punctuation mark to the to the thuggishness of CNN. That uh, they, they can't even take levity they can't especially when they're the butt of the joke uh salcedo show is oh no there's (laughs) another one there's another this is see i gotta retweet this this is beautiful uh hold on quote would you this is uh, you guys remember uh did you watch the original karate kid ellie did you did you watch the original karate kid yes do you remember the the last part the, the the crane maneuver and you know uh Danny LaRusso had a hurt leg and uh he did the whole crane thing and he smacked <laughs> oh yeah well this is <laughs> hold on uh laughing out loud exclamation point um at CNN <laughs> versus at real Donald 
Trump Karate Kid style. <laughs> there is, it's, it's over, ladies and gentlemen. This whole thing is over. And CNN lost. Ana Navarro lost. People, they are, the, the, the open mockery is now what is taking place. And the fact that CNN dedicated news resources to tracking down a guy who put together an internet meme, it's just, it's, it's leaving a bad taste in people's mouths. And now they realize that CNN is just, is just a political arm. That's all CNN is. They are, they are a political arm of the Democrat Party. As a matter of fact, I don't even think they're the arm anymore. I think they're the driving force behind the Democrat Party. It's, um, it's quite astonishing to watch the fall. But it's happening right before our eyes. Uh, let's see. 40, another headline that's out is 44 states are now refusing to reveal public data or release public data. Now, granted, it, this is all public. They have no right to refuse to turn it over. And, and you know, I think that Donald Trump is going to be able to get his hands on this and his commission on elections is going to be able to get their hands on this information, whether the states turn it over or not. But it's public knowledge, and they're refusing to give it to the federal government uh, because, well, this headline says it all. Once again, from the Daily Caller, nearly 20% of Rhode Island voters don't live in Rhode Island. I'll say that again. Nearly 20% of Rhode Island voters do not live in Rhode Island. Some 150,000 individuals on Rhode Island's voter rolls are not Rhode Island residents, according to the state top elections administrator. Providence Journal reports the Rhode Island Secretary of State Nellie Gorbia conducted an audit of the state's voter registry and identified some 150,000 non-Rhode Islanders registered to vote in that state. And in other states where the voter rolls are not tidied up, there is massive acorn-like voter fraud. You guys remember acorn, right? Big left-wing Obama-supporting group that cheated, mass cheating on voting, organized cheating. Uh, it was so bad they were forced to disband. But uh, these small groups that splintered off of ACORN, they just reconstituted themselves and called themselves something different. So the leftists never went away. They just reorganized and called themselves something different. In the state in which I broadcast in Texas, they call themselves Battleground Texas, but they're just ACORN. That's all they are. So uh, th this is quite astonishing to me that, that states are now saying, you can't have our publicly available data. And Donald Trump tweeted out over the weekend, what are they trying to hide? That's a fair question. Just what are you trying to hide? Uh, then there was this. Joanne Walsh, she writes for The Nation. She's an affairs correspondent for The Nation. For those of you who don't know what The Nation is, it is a uh, left-wing extremist publication. And she is also a contributor, naturally, over <laughs> MSNBS. Listen to who she blames. for Don Now, again, blames for Donald Trump's presidential victory. 
The really good research that's taken place since the election shows that fear of a changing America is the number one factor that you can see drive, that really divides a Trump, a white Trump voter from a uh, white non-Trump voter, that it's fears of brown people, fears of losing uh, the majority. Fears of losing the majority, fears of brown people. That's what led to Donald Trump's electoral victory. Well, this brown person has more than a few comments on that bit of analysis. <laughs> well, Joanne Wall or Joan Walsh, she's a crazy person, number one. Number two, I'll respond to this coming up next on The Blaze. 888-900-3393. The Chris Salcedo Show. On The Blaze Radio Network. Conservative Talk Radio with Spice. From Gateway Pundit, Colin Kaepernick, formerly of the San Francisco 49ers, has traveled back to uh, to Ghana for the 4th of July holiday, where he commenced doing what uh, he does best. And it's not playing football, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, What he does best is trashing the United States of America. (laughs) Uh... Kaepernick, how can we truly celebrate independence on a day that intentionally robbed our ancestors of theirs? To find my independence, I went home. Well, Colin Kaepernick, I think I can speak for a vast majority of Americans. We pray you stay there. (laughs) Don't come back. Uh, We have enough uh, trash talkers of America with the Democrat Party. And with liberal extremists over at CNN. Thank you very much. Our telephone number is 888-900-3393-888-900-3393. So there was this. The really good research that's taken place since the election shows that fear of a changing America is the number one factor that you can see drive, that really divides a Trump, a white Trump voter from a uh, white non-Trump voter, that it's fears of brown people, fears of losing uh, the majority. Let me dissect this. Because this, this is a refrain that is repeated in one form or another to justify progressives losing election after election after election. It can Remember, it can never be them. It can never be their policies. It can never be their anti-Americanism. It can never be the likes of Colin Kaepernick. It, it's always somebody else's fault. And in this, in this case, the reason why Trump won is because so many of you white folks out there just couldn't stand to see so many brown people around. People like your liberty-loving Latino here. Let me tell you, this is patently absurd. Uh, let me start with the first part of her statement. The really good research that's taken place since the election shows that fear of a changing America is the number one factor that you can see drive that really divides a. Yeah, the number one factor. What she's trying to allege here is the reason why you oppose illegal immigration is because you don't like brown people. Because you don't like brown people coming in from the Middle East illegally. You don't like brown people coming in from Mexico illegally or Central America illegally or from 
China illegally, you know, brown people, people with a different tint to their skin coming in illegally. It couldn't be the fact they're coming in illegally that you have a problem with. It must be because of the way they look, you see. That's how she tries to to justify illegal immigration. Let me affirm for the Chris Salcedo Show audience that illegal immigration is wrong, illegal immigration is immoral, and illegal immigration is bad for the United States of America. In fact, it's bad for any country. That's why most countries don't allow it. And why anyone will listen to the absurd rantings of Joan Walsh, the national affairs correspondent for the nation, on this or any other issue, to be quite frank, is astonishing to me. She went on. Trump, a white Trump voter from a uh, white non-Trump voter, that it's fears of brown people, fears of losing uh, the majority. Fears of losing the majority. I can attest to you folks that there are millions of Latinos out there who feel about Trump, who feel about this country, who feel about our Constitution, who feel about the rule of law the same way I do. How many of you, show of hands, fear brown people like me? I'd wager not many of you. Joan Walsh, I, I bet you fear me. I bet, I bet you fear that I want to disarm liberal extremists like you, that I don't want to let you empower government to lord over us. I bet you my push for liberty and freedom and the Constitution of the United States and adherence to said scares the hell out of you. To which I say good. And there are plenty of blacks, other Latinos, and plenty of whites who agree with me and will continue to agree with me. As is always the case, folks, with these, with these types of debates, it's never really about race. You know, there are some ignorant people on both sides who focus in on race. But for the vast majority of people, it's, this battle is ideology. It's ideological. Joan Walsh doesn't think ill of people who voted for Trump because, well, maybe, and maybe she does, maybe she is delusioned enough to think about this, but let me just correct her. You don't have to worry about them because they look at people's skin and go, oh, I just don't want you here. No, what they, what they are really rebelling against is lawlessness that you and your political ideology, Joan Walsh, shove down our throats. People like you, Joan Walsh, think the, the rules don't apply to you. People like you, Joan Walsh, and you and your writers over the nation and, and the vast majority of the folks over at MSNBS, this is how you operate. And this is how the political party you support operates. The, the rule of law is subject to whatever liberals want it to say. And it's never what conservatives say it is. Uh, this, this effort to separate and divide we Americans... Is really, is really getting to be transparent. It's borderline, well, juvenile, yes, ridiculous. It's, it's actually getting to be so humdrum and mundane because after getting walloped in election after election after election in the era of Obama, this is, all, this is the best Joan Walsh can come up with. 
<laughs> the only reason why Donald Trump won is because there are a whole bunch of white people out there that fear brown people. No, we just fear socialism. We just fear communism. We just fear illegal activity being sanctioned by the likes of you, Joan Walsh. That's what we fear. We fear the degradation and the undermining of a civilized society, which is which you are a chief sponsor of, my dear. And it's a legitimate fear. It's a good fear to have. Because look at what progressives like you, Joan Walsh, did to countries like Cuba. Did to countries like Venezuela. What you continue to do today to, to countries like China. What you've done to countries like Mexico. What you've done to countries like, oh, I'll pick another left-wing paradise. Well, the Central, the Central American countries. Chile, for example. So, look, I, this is utter tripe. It's baloney. But th that's where they've descended to, folks. They've descended into baloney. Now, part of this whole meme and uh, thought process from the American left finds, finds expression in the left wing pushing back against common sense. Well, I say it's common sense, but it's, it's, it's kind of ridiculous that we have to go to this route. The state of Texas, as I've told you, has taken a step to declare sanctuary cities uh, to punish sanctuary cities. If, if sanctuary cities accommodate illegal alien felons, <laughs> then that's a no-no. And actions can be taken to the point to where we even throw elected officials in jail. That's going on in Texas. Now, what are we told? We are told constantly that if you do this, you're going to make the streets of America less safe. Isn't that what we hear? Well, Carlos Garcia here at The Blaze has written a piece which will debunk, and this is, I, I want you guys to be armed with this because th this, is, this is good stuff. This, you can throw this right back in those left-wing extremists' face. Los Angeles Police Chief Charlie Beck supports sanctuary cities and policies and explained why he believed it meant citizens would be more safe with sanctuary city policies. We do not want to dilute trust because trust is the most important thing in policing. He said, we depend on our communities. Let me stop. Communities. That means illegals and legals alike. So what this alleged law enforcement officer is saying, we <laughs> depend on our illegal aliens in our communities to cooperate with us, not only to keep them safe, but to keep all of you safe. But according to Levi Bolton, the executive director of the Arizona Police Association, when Phoenix suspended its sanctuary city policies, instead of endangering citizens, well, quite the opposite happened. We saw crime decrease, said Bolton. It had a deterrent effect on folks because the risk of discovery went up exponentially when we actually enforced the law. Huh, what a concept. Under the new policies, law enforcement could ask suspects if they are in the United States legally. And they could inform immigration agencies about violations of federal laws. 
Fox News reported that the murder rate in Phoenix fell by 27%. Robberies by 23%. Assaults fell by 13%. Even more minor crimes fell, like burglaries by 14%. Theft by 19%. And all Phoenix had to do was get rid of those anti-American sanctuary city policies. And crime dropped. The six-year study from the University of Riverside, California, across 55 states, found no statistically discernible difference in violent crime rates, rape, or poverty crime. Curbing illegal alien crime was a promise Trump made, often while on the campaign trail, and while he has not rescinded Obama's Dream Act for childhood arrivals or built the border wall, his rhetoric alone has caused a steep decline in illegal crossings. The House of Representatives also passed two bills meant to deter illegal alien crime, including the Cates Law, named after Kate Steinle, a victim of an illegal alien felon, multiple-time deportee, I might add, in San Francisco. The government in Los Angeles has been at the forefront of dissent against Trump's what they call offensive on sanctuary, or offensive on sanctuary city policies. Anyway, so this article gives you plenty of information. When the individuals who try to oppose common sense uh, actions against sanctuary cities and they hit you with this line, oh, you're going to make our communities less safe. You get to say, screw you. It'll make us more safe. And Phoenix proves it. Back in a minute. The Chris Salcedo Show here on The Blaze. The next generation of talk radio. The Chris Salcedo Show on The Blaze Radio Network. Chris Salcedo. O'Reilly's out there with some things to say about Trump. Uh, you can hear Bill O'Reilly. Uh, no longer on the Fox News channel, but you can hear him every Friday with our very own Glenn Beck. Checks in and uh, gives his take on the news of the day. Daily Caller caught up with him. O'Reilly, or maybe it wasn't the Daily Caller. It was uh, an article that Bill O'Reilly shared uh, on his own page, and uh, the Daily Caller's writing about it. Apparently, O'Reilly says that uh, Trump is going to win this war against the, the media. Uh, I, I don't disagree with him. I think I think that the mainstream press is making a joke out of themselves. Uh, the number one, if they really believe that Donald Trump is as much an idiot as they say that he is, then the be- the the best wisdom is to let him do it. You continue to operate. It was Phil Donahue was trying to say to the young MSNBS host last week that we played for you. Phil Donahue was saying, you guys are supposed to do what you guys are supposed to do. Don't let Donald Trump make you less of journalists. But that's exactly what CNN is doing. CNN says, well, if Donald Trump can do this, then we can do it. It's juvenile. You don't give up your journalistic integrity because of your, perce- because of your perception of Donald Trump or what he's doing or what he's not doing. That's not the way journalism is supposed to work. Uh, I'm not going to be able to get into a lot of this today. Probably we'll pick this up tomorrow. But over the weekend, Meet the Press sat down with a journalist and an author. His name was Malcolm Gladwell. 
and he admits something that you and I have not heard from left-wingers in this country. He admits there's a trade-off when you sign up for socialism on health care, when you sign up for communism on health care. There's a trade-off. And he was speaking with uh, Chuck Todd. I don't think this was the interview Chuck Todd was looking for. But this guy was very frank. Let me see if I can get into some of this. So again, we'll, we'll get into it more in depth tomorrow. I'm a Canadian. So Canada's had single payer for how many decades now? 50, 60 years. Um, the reason Canada has single payer is that Canadians had a conversation amongst themselves many, many years ago, and they asked a very simple question, which is, what do we want from our health care? And they came to the answer that what we, what we want is a system that covers everyone. And what we- yeah, what we want is a system that covers everyone. But the conversation in Canada didn't stop there. There was a, yeah, but you're going to have to give up certain things. And this is the conversation that left-wingers in our country, they never tell us the consequence of universal health care, of socialism. And uh, Mr. Gladwell was all too happy to fill in the blanks for the Democrat Party. And what, we're, what that means is we're willing to give up choice. We're willing to give up the most high-tech solutions. To... <laughs> so we're willing to give up choice. We're willing to give up innovation. We're willing to give up all. And he, the list continues, folks. And this is often what our left-wing friends will never tell us, the consequence of going to single payer, which is bad news for us. Remember, everybody, society's worth is not measured by how much power is seized by an out-of-control government, but rather how much power is reserved for we, the people. See you tomorrow. You're listening to The Chris Salcedo Show. Part of Generation Blaze on the Blaze Radio Network.